Welcome to Retirement Diaries, a new podcast and YouTube series where I talk to people living and learning in their own epic retirement journeys. It's real, it's raw, and it's personal. I'm Beck Wilson, the author of How to Have an Epic Retirement, and I'm passionate about helping people prepare for the 30-year-plus epic retirement they have ahead of them. You can sign up for my regular newsletter at epicretirement.net. I simply want you to learn how to have an epic retirement and not just from me, but from the millions of other people living their epic retirement right now. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Beck Wilson, and today we're talking to Mary Palaric about what it's like to live a part-time retirement and how she managed to shift from a big corporate career into a type of work that gave her flexibility and time freedom. But before we get started, let me tell you a little bit more about her. Mary is originally from Sydney, but moved to Adelaide 15 years ago. And while she went to Adelaide for a lifestyle change, she never really escaped the wheel of work and worked in corporate and government for all up 30 years. Mary was the main breadwinner for her family during her career and is married and has two kids. And about five years ago, Mary decided to escape the corporate world in search of time and freedom. Now she still lives in Adelaide, but open to her own business and through that process of setting up her own business has managed to find more time and more flexibility in her life. She calls it her 5-2 career. Mary, you're 62. Tell me more about your vision of retirement because you aren't retired, but you aren't not retired either. Yeah, I think my view about retirement is that the concept of like stopping dead um, is not very, very attractive in the sense of, you know, cutting, I mean, not, not literally stopping dead, but stopping work. Um, I just couldn't think of anything, you know, very, un- I just find it very unattractive. Um, I've just been used to always having a project, something to do. Um, and so I thought, well, surely I could work um, part-time or have a business that was part-time that could give me the freedom that I wanted because um, I still want to have an interest. And so for me, the concept of working part-time or being retired part-time is super, super attractive. Um, in other words, I've got the best of both worlds. That is is indeed the best of both worlds. And I think many of our listeners today will be pretty keen to hear how you got there and understand the idea of a 5-2 career more because you speak about that. It rolls off the tongue beautifully. It I does. want one. How do I get one of these and what, what does it look like? Yeah. So so the 5-2 two, two, um career um, is really a five-day weekend. I figured that if I could get really efficient with my my timetable, my work, and that was the realisation that once I got into business, I was actually in control of my calendar and my diary, whereas when I worked for other people as an employee, I never felt that I was in control. So in the end, you know, it was my choice how much I worked when I worked and provided I had money coming through, which... I did in the sense I started to invest in property, that all I really need was to have that passive income and, and, and income from my business and with some really good efficiencies. I didn't actually need to physically be at the desk. Um, you know, I could actually engineer, you know, a, a timetable that actually suited me. And I figured, well, I don't want the weekend to be Saturday, Sunday. It can be, you know, any day. And, and it could be as many days as I wanted. Um, and so I kind of came up with this concept of the five-day weekend and that was sort of like my, my goal. I mean, it didn't start that way just, you know, immediately, but it was something that I knew that I could, you know, just be more efficient, um, you know, just investing that I could sort of create that lifestyle and still have, I'd say, approximately two days' worth of 
I suppose, meaningful, um, intensive work. Um, and that work could be, for me, volunteering. It could be mentoring. I do a little bit of um, mentoring um, at the Adelaide University. Um, I've taken on some interns. I've spent a couple of days on my business. I look after my investments. And the rest of the time, I can actually do what I like. Mm. Um, and Again, it was a bit of a transition to get there, so it wasn't... Um, Tell me about know. the transition. I think that's something people would really love to hear about. Yeah, for, well, the decision to actually, you know, leave you know, a career, um, I kind of planned that out for six for six months. Um, mm. And then, I yes, I, I leaned into, <laughs> into that sort of, uh, I suppose, that fear I had, you know, like where I'd had that security, the golden, you know, handcuffs. I was on a really good salary. Um, but I thought no. It's the thing really I'll- hard to contemplate leaving that position, and and people at the end of their careers uh, often yeah. hold on longer than they probably emotionally wanted to. Yeah, but I think I'd also been through the. I know, a lot of people would have in in sort of the span of career that I had had experienced redundancy. So you know, I kind of figured, well, you know, how long would my career last? You know, um, and I thought, well, I, I really wanted to be in control of that. That's sort of the last those last few years of work. But what I soon realised is that all the skills that I actually had, I could apply them to my own business. You know, there wasn't anything that I hadn't done that I couldn't put into into use. And so what I had started to realise was that I was actually really starting to value my own expertise. Whereas, you know, when you're in the in the in the field of work, um, sometimes as you get older your skills aren't valued as much, but I knew intrinsically I had value and, and I knew that expertise would was would would be viable as a business. Um, but, you know, I just think there's a lot of ageism in the workplace, um, yeah. but I knew that there I had the knowledge and skills that other people would value. And that probably actually came out of mentoring. When I started to do a bit of mentoring, I realised that there was a whole world out there that just needed that that one-on-one support um, mm. that they weren't getting elsewhere um, and so so basically I knew that I, my, my skills were convertible you know I took the plunge to go into business and then I realized that business itself could give me that that flexibility that that you know working for someone else I couldn't you had to show up for meetings a lot of presenteeism someone else's timetable someone else's agenda um, and and so um, so what, what does I life was, look like for you now can I ask uh, well, life's like you know, it's incredible. I mean, I love my life now. Absolutely love my life, and uh, I said that to someone <laughs> the other morning that. when I when I was walking on the beach. It was uh, it was a beautiful sunny day, and I and I I was just so happy that that I could walk every day in the morning. You know, seven o'clock in the morning, rail hail or shine. It only takes me about twelve minutes to get to the beach. Uh, could never do that in Sydney, um, and you know, and I just love the beach. I mean, that to me is my my happy place, and the fact that I can start every day that way. Um, so I get my exercise, um, and it just invigorates me, um, and it's just it's just a wonderful thing. And and I know once I've had that walk, um, then I'm set for the day. It doesn't matter. What happens, um, and I've and I've and I can work all my meetings that I need to um, go to just around that. Like I don't re- actually start any physical work until about say ten o'clock, you know. So I got my beautiful mm-hmm. morning routine, um, and it's just wonderful. I mean that that that's the big joy for me is just having that time to myself. Still, the physical like I wasn't getting any exercise before, you know. So my health was suffering. I wasn't looking after myself. Um, probably wasn't eating as well. But now, I, you know, I, I don't have an excuse for. Not not meal prepping, not spending time with family or friends. 
I've been able to sort of connect deeper with people because I can. It's not a rush, rush, rush. You know, I can have a have a coffee, catch up. Um, I can network. Uh, all those things that I was never able to do. So I found that this sort of five two lifestyle is that um, I'm just I'm just getting deeper connections with people, and that helps business as well. You know, tell me uh, what it felt like the day you resigned from your big corporate job. Um, I felt a huge load come off me I felt the stress yeah. literally um come off my shoulders any fear and, oh yeah it was definitely fear uh, but I did have a backup I had I had you know some savings um mm-hmm. so I knew that I could I, I would last if, if I didn't bring any income mm-hmm. from my business I had about six months buffer to pay bills yeah. um but I'd also was had as part of the transition I had invested in in property so I was getting some good cash flow um, yeah. So the, the business. Do you think people? Home. Do you think people can do it if they don't have that cash flow? Or you think some, it, it's pretty critical? Yeah, they definitely need to have cash flow. They need to have something to. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't leave employment um, full as, as in resign totally if I didn't have some sort of cash, like a buffer, some kind of mm. you know at least three months worth of salary mm. um, or expenses um, in your bank account. I think it's personally a bit a bit risky because it does take a while to to actually ramp up your business. Um, mm. uh, but I think it's really important to have those conversations, like with your partner, with some advisors, just about what is, what it's going to look like. Um, so knowing your numbers is really really important. Like, okay, you might have a business that doesn't actually cost a lot. I mean, these days, as a consultant, you don't really need a lot of a lot of money, and you don't need a website. <laughs> Facebook is free and just getting out there, you know. Yeah. You don't really have to spend a lot of money. And people do get and caught if, up with a lot of spending a lot of unnecessary money to start off with, yeah. Yeah, no, and and hmm. the software you pay for by the month, there's so many simple ways to to yeah. be. Keep, keeping it really simple, um, getting yeah. out there, being visible and starting off with what I call, you know, the minimum viable product, just one thing, you mm. know, um, and then just build that up if you if you can. Yeah, but definitely right. in terms of the lifestyle, you know, the, the intermittent work, um, if I can call it that, like intermittent fasting, intermittent it work. It is a bit like intermittent <laughs> fasting. I mean, they call it, it the five two diet. You're on the five two working diet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then also too, like, you know, giving your body rest. So you, like you, it's it's you're not feeding it, you know, so don't yeah. don't feed it work. Like just literally take time out, you know. And I do um, love it. And 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 scheduling that activity, you know, that it's meaningful work, but that you have a lot of time to to nurture your body, nurture your brain, um, you know, nurture relationships. And that's the thing that I, that I was missing, you know, like, you know, people have heard that concept about the wheel of life, that, you know, the elements of life. I was just so, so focused on career and my ambition that everything else around me I was neglecting. And, and that was part of my realisation that I couldn't sustain this. You know, um, and then I had to—I really had to make a, a lifestyle, complete lifestyle shift. Um, and the other part of it too, Rebecca, is that you know I did actually sit down and crunch my numbers, and I realised, okay, well, how much do I need to live on? Like, you know, like I, in the end, you can retire at any age, um, and it's not a two million bucks in your in your bank account. It's like really knowing your expenses. Like, what is your lifestyle? What can you live on? Um, and do you have? some form of income it might be shares it might be property it might be your business and and all you need to do is cover those expenses and a bit more and you can retire you know? and and this is very personal but do you draw from your superannuation now 
Uh, no, I don't. Not at this stage. I, I can. Yeah, I haven't still, actually. Re- yeah. I haven't retired from my super fund. Yeah. So I've got. I've got yeah. other investments. Um, yeah. So I don't need to draw on that. Um, and so that that the longer you don't draw on that, the the more is sitting there waiting, compounding, and doing its right. work all by itself yeah. to yeah. to be there when you need it later in life, which is yeah, a wonderful right. thing, right? Yeah. And uh, so, how did you? How do you now um, get your? Because work is also something that people do for the social connections and they may not realize it until they leave it Uh, but how do you find the social connections in your life now that you're not getting them from a big busy workplace Um, I'm getting them through my business I'm I'm actually networking more meeting other people in business Um, I've got more time for for so, my social time, like literally social time. So I, I, when, I was, when I first came to Adelaide, I didn't actually know anybody. Um, my husband, who was a house husband, he was he'd made all the connections in terms of you know the mums at school. I didn't know anybody because I was working for a corp. I knew people in in Santiago and Chile, uh, Chile and Houston and everything, but I didn't know anybody in Adelaide because I wasn't there for the school runs. You know, yeah. I didn't actually have a community. So here. important, yeah, yeah. And and literally, it was when I stopped working. I actually had time to go out and meet people um, and and connect with people. So I just wasn't doing it. I didn't have any friends here, not any girlfriends. All my friends were in Sydney. Uh, so so I've had to rebuild that. Um, what do you I do found, for fun now, Mary? What do you do for fun? Um, I like taking a drive, going to the wineries. I like oh. music. And I love, like one of the great things here in Adelaide is that the music and art scene and um yeah, like, for example, the Fringe, you know, going to the Fringe events where it's just full of shows and the cabaret and um, wow. the Sala, which is the Sala Festival is coming up fairly soon in August, which is the South Australian Living Artists Festival. Um, and that is an incredible experience um, here in Adelaide. And when I first came here, I said, I'm going to immerse myself in art. I'm going to immerse myself in music. And I did none of that because I was just too busy. But now I have the time, you know, go to the to go to all those festivals and go there during the day or go into the evening. And I didn't have, I just wasn't doing any of that. So, so it's been a bit of a discovery um, of of living artists and I've met, I've met artists, I've met writers. Um, like opening opening nights are good, you know, the free champagne and you meet the artist. It's uh, it's very accessible it. here. But I wasn't accessing it, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. My beach walks. I've done some long treks. I've done the bloody long walk and coast trek. Um, Thirty five. Where are they? Where do you go? Where do you go? How long are they? Well, they take almost all day. <laughs> the thirty five k's. Yeah, they yeah from from basically the hills to the beach and back again, um, and discovering parts of Adelaide I'd never seen. You know, I've driven past. You know, um, following the the river, the Torrens River, uh, and uh, it's amazing. You know, and again, a lot of women were doing these walks, raising money for charity. Uh, yeah, I do, I, one of my charities that I support is motor neuron disease because my my mum passed away from that. Um, doing their walks, um, I do some voluntary work on, on a. The first Friday of a month, I host a read and talk group. We just meet at a cafe nearby um, and um, we just talk about a, something that we've read. It could be a book, it could be a play, it could be maybe a movie that you've watched based on a book um, and we just talk and I've just met all these amazing people that I've ne- I would never have met before um, and it, we've formed a really, really, really lovely um, connection um, and they'll do they're challenging me because I'm, re- I'm listening to them read about stuff 
talk about stuff they've read that is not my genre at all. Um, yeah. I would never go there, but it's just so interesting. And their stories are riveting. You know, I've learned so much about them and their travels and just they're interesting. They're just interesting characters, you know. That is so superb. Yeah, <laughs> that so is superb, exactly. really inspiring. The uh, you're, you're quite a goal setter. So the, yes. the uh, and uh, we talked before this call yes. to, uh, to talk about goal setting. I, I'd love to hear about how you go about setting your goals and, and yeah, I, I just find that really fascinating because there is a story and I'm not sure if you've, you've read about it, that scientifically as we can start to see the end of life, we don't set as many goals and it's something I hope people are more conscious of that when you stop setting goals, life becomes boring. And, and so I want to help people see that even yes. that life is actually the end of life is a long way off in the distance when you're in your 60s. Hopefully, yeah. if you're if you're moderately healthy and do thirty five kilometer yeah. walks like you do, um, yeah. well, I then... plan to live to a hundred um, right. and in good health. So it's yeah, it's uh, someone said uh, they there's said, a goal. Uh, Look at that. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, that's my big goal. That's the ultimate goal, a big, Excellent. very audacious goal. And they talk about you know not just lifespan, but uh, well, uh, was, it, was it health span? Health like, span. Yeah, health, health span. span. Yeah, big exactly. one. Really big yeah. ones. So for me. Um, I do set goals every month. I actually am part of a, a business goals club. So every month we meet. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, every month we meet. Uh, we set goals for life. We set goals about being a leader in our business or in our community. Um, and even if you're volunteering, you know, if, it, if you're a leader of I don't know, some yeah. kind of group, it's good to sort of set goals for your leadership um, so. and then setting setting goals for having a lifestyle business. And that was a pivotal moment for me. So it's not just having a business, even if it's a part-time business or mm. online or in-person business, but making sure it's a lifestyle business. Like don't let the business kind of take over your life, you know. Um, and so every month we meet, we, we reflect on the previous month. And even if we didn't write it down, just being able to think for five minutes and sharing it with other people has been incredible. Like it, you go, oh wow, I did do some good things, you know. I did, and I didn't, <laughs> and I didn't let life completely take over things. You yeah, know? Um, and then setting some goals or intentions for the next month. And what's happened is that over the last six months, you know, just this momentum, you know, because I, I don't think any of us would be would have achieved things to celebrate um, and make progress if we hadn't, if we weren't meeting to talk about our goals. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing too I've done is create. I think you had a laugh about this one. Is uh, you know the concept of bucket list. Yeah. Like, don't don't, yeah. don't say that till you actually retire. Like do one now. So it's kind of like love love your life bucket list. I'll love your life now. Yeah. Um, and and if it's little things like you know just small things, it doesn't have to be expensive things that you've got to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on or big trips that you've got to go to go on. Just little things. You know, it might be you know that that maybe once a month you'll do you'll do a long beach walk or it might mm. be that you will go to a particular event or maybe it's date night, you know, yeah. once a month or, or or maybe something a little bit more ambitious could be like a weekend away with um, girlfriends once a year that, you know, like to have mm. a deeper connections with your friends than just the short bursts in a, you know, over a coffee or over the phone um, yeah. or on, on, you know, or on social media. Yeah. Um, so no, deeper, they're wonderful deeper. goals and really yeah. valuable, I think. Yeah. And and I think that's something I, I I was fascinated by it because I really believe in the pre-retirement bucket list and the yes. post-retirement bucket list. I think we there's a wonderful woman over in Canada who's done 60 before 60. 
and I've been oh, watching really? her oh, progress on social media. And, and oh, I think yeah. it's quite inspiring to, she's written down a list of 60 things she wants to do before she's 60 and she's powering through it and, oh, and finding all sorts of interesting things to put on that list. And, you know, yeah. they can be food festivals all the way to international trips with her daughter and, you know, yeah. the, the ability to walk on one of those big walks would be something I would have to train for, to be honest. Yeah. So, but you know what, it's, it's actually challenging to come up with, um, you know, 52 things, like, you know, one, one per week. Um, mm. it, like if you sit, sit down and you've got to be really creative because I, th- yeah. I think I sort of slowed down by about 20 items and I'm going, oh, geez, I better keep, I've still got another 32 to go, you know. Um, and then <laughs> I've got two and a half years till I'm 50. I'm, I'm thinking of doing one over that time span. <laughs> so 50, 50, 50 before 50. <laughs> Maybe 50 before 50. What do you yeah. think? <laughs> Yeah, and I think you've got to, got to have like like really easy ones, short term ones, and then some medium ones, and then some yeah. maybe very big challenging ones. Like I don't know, I don't know if I would go like jumping out of a aeroplane, but um, oh, I don't have any um, desire to do that. None no, at all. <laughs> no, I know, but some people do that. They kind of have the yeah. really you know out there sort of out out, yeah. out there sort of things, and that and that kind of reminds me. I think we were having a conversation about you know just thinking about retirement, like you know. Is it a time where you kind of really go out there, like um, you know, live, living sort of um, you know uh, uh, graciously, or do you live ungrate ungraciously, like really disgracefully, dis- disgracefully, disgracefully? That's it, disgracefully. That's a word, isn't it? Yeah. There's a couple a- in my community that actually got aging disgracefully tattooed on them at oh, seventy. No. Yeah, really? deliberately. They both went out at seventy and got a tattoo aging disgracefully. You know, oh, it's right. uh, it was it's part of their their war cry. Is it is it a bit like is it um, like spending the inheritance as well and having yeah, fun? Just, yeah, and I think they are people who've who've had a really good go at life. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, I really um, like that idea though. To sort of yeah. just challenge the norms and you know, yeah. it's um, and just challenge yourself. You know, I think it's you know, I mean, life's to be experienced, isn't it? When you and when you realize that there is, I suppose, finite years. I mean, you do think about that. I mean, how how long are you going to last on this planet? Um, mm. And how many more Christmases? How many more birthdays? And you go, well, let's just have have a good time. You know. Yeah. Uh, are you a grandma be, yet, Mary? No, not yet. My daughter got married this year, so uh-huh. uh, I know she's going to have children. So yeah, I've got to get a lot of things done before I become a grandmother, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> it might, it wonderful. Might Hey. Wonderful things ahead of you. That's so oh, that's exciting. right. That's true. Lots of lots more adventures and uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the idea of sort of babysitting is kind of a bit of a freaks me out. <laughs> what a wonderful thing to experience. Yeah, you, know, know. you get to hand them back full of sugar at the end. My that's dad right, has a deal right. that yeah. when he took my children to babysit them, he said, "You can't tell me what to do, and you can't <laughs> tell me what to feed them. I'm fun pop." And yeah. I am going to be fun pop because I feed them Maccas. And yeah. then I'm like, okay, well, I don't, they don't see you that often. So I can't do that yeah. much damage. Yeah, definitely so. grandparents do indulge. <laughs> so it's amazing. Yeah, it's going to be it's fun. fun. It'll be a good stage. I have a fast five for you, Mary, to finish up our interview okay. today. Okay, all right, beautiful. Let's do this. Uh, let's do this. What would you like to tell your 21-year-old self? To... Enjoy life more. Okay. What's the number one lesson you learned the hard way? Being ambitious and rising up the corporate ladder isn't all it's cut out to be. Yeah, nice one. What do you do that you really love doing and you fit in no matter what? Is is my morning beach walk. Nice. Biggest tip for people approaching retirement, what should they do no matter what they do? Uh, Is have a plan and know and know 
what that what that lifestyle, like your dream lifestyle is going to cost you and work towards creating passive income. Yeah, nice. Uh, and what does having an epic retirement mean to you? Uh, living the life you design. Oh, I love it. Mary Pellock, yeah. you have been a wonderful guest. Thank, Thank you very you. much for joining us today. Yeah, love, lovely. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. And I'm looking forward to your book. Absolutely. Oh, me too. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. You've been listening to Retirement Diaries, a new podcast and YouTube series where I tell real stories about the ingredients of an epic retirement. These are true stories from people living it. Sign up for our newsletter at epicretirement.net and be sure to follow us wherever you get your pods.